We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. KJ Podcast, my people. Hope you're having a great Monday morning. Probably not because the San Francisco 49ers are officially one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're now 1-7. Just the ultimate embarrassing loss to the Arizona Cardinals, 18-15. Collapsing down the stretch on offense and defense. Jermaine Gresham fumbles for the Cardinals. Literally hands you the game. Again, C.J. Beathard and Kyle Shanahan can't close out the clock. The defense can't get a stop on Josh Rosen and rookie offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich. This is as low as it gets in the NFL. I mean, the Cardinals are probably going to win three times all year. Two of them are going to come against the 49ers. Again, losing, if you have the long-term view, is right for this team right now. It's just a random win in October against the Cardinals, and then you don't get the prospect you want. If you're a long-term fan of this team, you understand that this painful losing sucks. But I think it's really time to point out the wrong moves Kyle and John Lynch have made the right moves they've made. And I've kind of organized the roster into seven different categories. We'll get there on the KJ pod. So freaking frustrating, this team. I appreciate you still tuning in because it is the NFL. You can turn things around quickly, but it it feels so far away. I want to start here because this is the big point people are making. The, The 49ers are getting crushed on Twitter, but there are people defending them. They're saying this team lost its franchise quarterback. Everyone knew 4-12 and 12 was in the cards. Not necessarily. I did a little bit of research. The last couple of years when a, a big-time starter went down, Aaron Rodgers went down 2017. The Packers went 3-6 and six with Brett Hundley and not much around him, and it was really his first extended playing time. Joe Flacco went down for a bunch of games in 2015. Ryan Mallett, Matt Schaub, 
Jimmy Clausen, they, they win a combined two and four. How about this? Drew Stanton, Ryan Lindley, they go five and three with the Cardinals in 2014 when Carson Palmer goes down. This is the issue here. You shouldn't be this bad. It's excusable for the Niners to not make the playoffs this year. It's excusable for them to go four and 12, five and 11. It's not excusable for them to be the worst team in the league right now. Even with inheriting Balky's picks, even with all their young guys, it's showing that they've made wrong roster decisions. A lot of bad things are coming to light right now. They can't close out games. Kyle Shanahan right now, his reputation in this league is for not finishing close games. His guys fight really hard. They're in it. But you can normally beat the 49ers in the end. This is now their ninth loss in a one-possession game dating back to last season. I get it. There's no Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle's working with a limited toolkit, but it's every week. I really want to go to that play. Third and five. Gresham has just fumbled. The 49ers are up 15-12. Excuse me, 15-10. It's before the two-minute warning. Third and five. It's another all-out blitz. Cover zero. And C.J. Beathard is not ready for it again. At a certain point, are we saying... This is Kyle's fault or CJ's fault here on these critical plays to close out games. And it's either a deep pick in Green Bay or it's CJ Beathard getting sacked by Buda Baker on the edge. Didn't even see him. Didn't have the right protection. Does Kyle call timeout? Is there a way to prep things better here? The game's on the line. CJ Beathard is not going to be able to win it for you. That's clear. So the big issue, and I was talking to Adam Kaplan with it last week. He kind of cut me off when I wanted to say the end of the season, if C.J. Beathard is a miss, he's a third-round pick, this is not good. This is on Kyle. That's a very high asset to be blowing. You've already blown Joe Williams, a fourth-round pick in that draft. We're going to get to how I have the roster segmented out. But the bad thing right now is C.J. Beathard looks like the wrong pick. If he was actually good, the 49ers would be winning a couple of these games. Not every single one of them. Not the Chargers, maybe not the Packers, but these other close games – They don't have a quarterback that's able to pull this out. Listen, Green Bay looked great and the whole country saw it. But if this is the end result week after week, and we've seen literally two seasons of C.J. Beathard starting, I don't think he should be on the team next year. Or he's going to be the third stringer going into camp, and you're either going to draft someone or have traded for a better backup. You're obviously planning on Jimmy Garoppolo having 16 games next season, being a star, but... The reason the 49ers are terrible right now, a big reason for it is C.J. Beathard. And a big reason for that is Kyle picking C.J. Beathard. And a lot of people scratching their heads at that. And listen, I've hyped him up. I got I drank the Kool-Aid way too hard after Green Bay. This is realistic. Even if he lights up the Raiders and some other teams next week, I'm not going to flip back here. C.J. Beathard is unlikely going to be a big part of this team moving forward. The 49ers misjudged everything around him. They shouldn't be this bad. They should have won four, five, six games this year without Jimmy G. Or you can argue the flip side, this roster is so bad. It's Indianapolis Colts bad. Last year, they went 4-12 and 12 without luck. This year, they're 2-5 and five with luck. They have a bunch of injuries, but they're just that far away. And the draft picks aren't playing super well. Darius Leonard looks like a star up in Indy, but there's a couple arguments to make here. Maybe the 49ers are the Colts and they're that bad. All I know is that the 49ers won in December last year, and those players played well in December. They're not playing well now. That's a huge problem. Let's actually break down the roster. I want to get back to this Arizona game because it's fun on Monday mornings. It 
break down what happened, who actually played well. But I think it makes sense, this portion of the podcast, what is wrong with the roster? What has gone incorrect? And I didn't document every single move here, but I've got close to, what, 25 bad moves and like 20 good ones that they've made. So when you say, oh, the roster is really bad, part of this is on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan already. They could have picked better guys. They could have figured out some better solution here. All right. This is the first section of the roster. I called the first wave of failed stuff here. Pierre Garçon, Malcolm Smith, Earl Mitchell, Cassich Marsh. That's four guys. And then three draft picks on top of that. Solomon Thomas, Witherspoon, Joe Williams. I'm, I'm ready to call Witherspoon trending towards a bust. The last touchdown was zone coverage. He kind of didn't communicate well before the play to Tyvis Powell. It's not all on him, but just Akilah Witherspoon's making zero plays. And it's one thing to get burned all the time. you got to give him something back. But um, I forgot Jeremiah Tachi was also on that. So it's eight signings and picks they've gotten wrong. Solomon Thomas played a little bit on the inside today. He felt a little bit of his presence. Ronald Blair is better than him, a six-round pick. I mean, you're, you're, you're number three overall pick. I'm calling first wave failed. Second portion of the roster, I got five guys here. The bulky holdovers that you overestimated. Eric Armstead, Jimmy Ward, Tukwaski Tart, Joshua Garnett, Garrett Selleck. All of those guys have contributed to losses this year, especially Selleck in LA Chargers game. Armstead's coming on a little strong, and you might be able to catch a team who hasn't done their homework and show them tape of this month and say he's finally healthy. You might be able to get a six-round pick, and I would do that. Get his contract off the books. He's not going to be here long-term. Jimmy Ward did okay at free safety today. He's never had a position in the NFL. He's never had consistency. A bunch of different coaching staffs have screwed him up. Tart was hurt again today. Great pick, but I think you need a safety. I don't think he's a long-term starter here that you feel really good about. In the offseason, not going to lie, we all felt good about him. He didn't play much last year. He's not playing very well this year. I will give him props for that pick. Obviously, Joshua Garnett is... um, is a non-factor. Mike Person has played over him the whole year. All right, so that's five plus eight. That's 13 people. I've got 13 guys that we're just not sure of yet on the roster. It's Jarek McKinnon. I'm ready to move C.J. Beathard into the first wave failed, but at this point, let's give him eight games before I completely write him off. Ruben Foster's in this category right now. His sophomore slump has stuck out more than him being pretty damn good last season. This is alarming. We got to figure it out. Um, he's not a bust for sure. Even if he finishes this season poorly, you can just say the offseason was so crazy. Maybe they'll figure it out. Others we're not sure about. Adrian Colbert, Trent Taylor. Dante Pettis was a non-factor today as well. They have not got him going in the regular season. He's been a huge training camp story. Is he going to be great on the field? I'm putting Fred Warner in the not sure yet. There's been a lot of missed tackles. Clearly a ton on his plate as a Mike linebacker, rookie having to call all the plays, set all the alignments. It's just, it feels too much on his plate right now. His strong September has kind of faded off here as we get closer to November. Tarverius Moore got some snaps today. He's a third round pick. DJ Reed has been on the field. He's, we're not sure yet about him. Kentavious Street will come back next season. Julian Taylor remains 
a mystery that we don't know yet because they won't call him up on the active 53. They can't figure out a way to use him. I think that's pretty pathetic because he showed a lot of flash. And why wouldn't you at one and seven? Richie James was returning punts today. Didn't do much in the passing game. Then Victor Bolden Jr. I'm leaving here because I could see Kyle blowing him up with Jimmy G in a situation like you don't want to just drop him yet. So this is 26 players on the roster right now. Or Joe Williams has been cut. Most of these guys are we just don't know yet. Some we're feeling pretty good about in Ruben Foster, Dante Pettis, but you're not calling anyone on this list a building block, and that's 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 tough. Now to more of the good portion here. I think three bulky holdovers that are obviously have been awesome. Joe Staley, DeForest Buckner, Ronald Blair has been the best player on defense in October. He's a starter. I know I've said play Solomon Thomas, figure out what he is. If it's December and you're writing Solomon Thomas off and Ronald Blair is a big part of your future, you may shift at that point. November is really going to be a tell sign for the future. Um, so, yeah, those three – you have three bulky holdovers from the old regime that you like. That's that's not good. You, you inherited literally nothing. You misjudged five guys from that regime. Uh, and obviously Joe Staley's not going to be here long term. He's getting up there in age. All right, this is your core roster, your building blocks. These are your best moves. There's six of them. Right now it's George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Richard Sherman, Matt Breida, Marquise Goodwin, and Mike McGlinchey. I'm putting there right now. He's throwing people into the sideline today. Got work to do as a pass protector, but he's one of the best run blockers already in the league. That's exciting for a first-round pick to walk in and make a difference right away. So that's nine players so far. Then I've got some good role players here. we got Kendrick Bourne, 7 for 71 today. He's He can come in, looks like produce as well as Pierre Garçon. We'll see how it continues to play out. Uh, Lake and Tomlinson's on this list. Use check. Still even Weston Richburg here. I don't know how great he is yet. It's been too early. They're not winning enough games to say that he really matters yet. K1 Williams has been struggling. I, I left him here, though, because I don't know who they have that's better than him in the nickel. He's made plays from time to time, but he's been he's been getting caught in zone coverage. He's much more of a man-to-man guy. Sheldon Day is on this list. Mike Person is on this list. Raheem Mostert. So you just, you're role players that you're not going to get rid of, and that's eight guys. Um, so 14, that's 17, I think, good players that you're counting on. And about 26 that you're either not sure or they're just not good. So that's when they say, oh, the roster, this is what it is. It's better to break it out like that. I'm sorry if that was a little confusing and hard to follow. And I'll tweet it out so you can see kind of the breakdown of everything. But there are more guys that we're not sure of or are bust. And that's the problem right now in San Francisco. I shouldn't even be addressing this, but I guess we're going to have one Grant Cohn segment a year for something dumb. He said last year it was Jimmy Garoppolo not playing that well. This year it's like Kyle Shanahan should already be fired. My man, it's okay to throw out your hot takes, but it's just incorrect. Kyle's going to get the full season next year with Jimmy G. Even if they go 5-11, and he will get a fourth season. The hot seat will not begin until it's year four. This isn't Hugh Jackson. This isn't Dirk Cutter. This isn't a head coach completely in over his head. I will say the Niners are developing a reputation, as I've said, for 
being able to get bullied at the end of the games, tripping over their own feet, blitz them on third down. CJ Beathard won't be able to handle it. Kyle won't have him prepared. They've solved a little bit, but they haven't solved much. They don't have an identity because they're not winning games. So their identity is they're losers right now. Kyle Shanahan's dug this team a hole. He knows it. They didn't even turn the ball over against the Cardinals. They finally won the turnover ratio. Tart's interception set them up inside the 20. Of course, that's a field goal, not a touchdown. Then Gresham's fumble with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. The 49ers turned that into nothing. A sack, a three and out, and ends up losing them the ball game. Yeah, I mean, Kyle has his team run blocking well and running well. But other than that, they haven't been resilient. Big playmakers are not making plays late in the fourth quarter to win them games. Like the only calling card this team has is, hey, it hasn't looked like the Rams game every week. It's been competitive. Kyle's teams compete, but they don't rise up to the challenge. Defensively, it feels like he's not even involved with that side of the team, and that's the problem going forward. If you want to bring up a real issue about Kyle, it's that He's letting Robert Sala run the entire show when potentially he may need to be sticking his nose on the defensive side of meetings a lot more than he has been. We talked about it at the end last week too. He's got personnel control. He's got final say. He's made some wrong decisions. There is a shit ton on his plate. Clearly, the best thing he's doing is scheming. That's his number one strength. He's got to get better at managing the whole football team. He's not on the hot seat, but... The defense to wither again at the end of the game, and this time it not being Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is not Kyle's fault because he's not on the field, but nobody's getting better. And that's Kyle's quote. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. You haven't heard that one from him recently because they're getting worse, everyone. And situational football, when it's third down and you need to run out the clock, they're not good at that. Week in and week out. Thank God for Marquise Goodwin. He was really the only way they were moving down the field. Kittle, of course, as Dick Stockton said, their meal ticket. This is when you know you suck. Dick Stockton is announcing all your games all year. He's actually, I don't know if he's, he's a little sharper. I was actually saying Dick Stockton didn't botch too many names. Kyle has got some things to clean up. I wonder how early John Lynch admits he was wrong with Solomon Thomas. This is going to be the big issue this offseason. Are they going to move on from him? Are they going to say, we really screwed this thing up? When they draft a pass rusher, they draft Nick Bosa two years after Solomon Thomas was supposed to be this game record on the D-line. They're pretty much going to have to say, yeah, he's competing for a roster spot at that point. John Lynch has been transparent about everything. They're defensive picks from 2017 don't look good. Are they going to add someone to the front office besides Martin Mayhew, besides Adam Peters? Do they need another set of eyes in there? Or what is what they're looking at defensively incorrect? I think so. I think they might be in line. And if Jed York, he wants a symbiotic relationship, of course, but if he wanted to throw his weight around and actually do something this offseason, I think he could theoretically say we need more help in the front office. And he's been around a lot of front offices. He has been around one that's been successful with Trent Baalke in the, earlier in the decade. He could theoretically put his thumb on it. We haven't heard a negative Jed headline in two years. 
I think he's built up a little bit of clout here if he actually wants to say, yo, John Lynch and Adam Peters, I love you guys. Let's get someone else in here. And it's non-threatening. It can be a senior official. It could be a young analytics guy. I don't know. But I'd like to see another set of eyeballs in the, in the front office. Um, I don't think Jed will push to Kyle. You need to fire Robert Sala. I don't think it's gotten there yet. Three quarters of the game, the defense looked good. They were screening him to death. Like They're really calling conservative play calls for Josh Rosen. And I think teams actually do just screen the 49ers because they're so bad at tackling. Just get people in space. That's how teams have been moving the football. I'm still not on team fire Robert Sala. People are pushing back on me. They're not going to change the scheme. This is what the, those coaches teach. Again, I said Ken Norton. They brought him in here really early in the offseason. Then the Seahawks hired him as D coordinator. Seahawks have been damn good this year. I think that would have been a natural thing. If Sala was struggling, then maybe hand the reins to Ken Norton here for some play calling things. They don't have that anymore. Everyone's very inexperienced. And I get it. That's why you have your Grant Cohn saying Kyle doesn't know what he's doing. He's got inexperienced coaches around him. He's not managing the defense. His play calls are pretty. What he does, he handles the media well. But at the end of the day, they're losing every week. Isn't he the one to blame? That is an argument to make, but I think the bigger picture argument is we got to see year three with Jimmy Garoppolo and him the entire season. They've got to get better talent in here. Stop missing on early round draft picks. And I'm giving them year three, and I'm not going to go into year three totally negative. But I do think the hype about this draft class and Buckner being called Depoy. There was some overinflation done by the media, internally by the 49ers, and it caught up to him a little bit this season. That mixed with the turnovers, with Jimmy G's injury, with the defensive scheme, I think not being good for today's NFL. Look at the Jaguars getting thrown over all again. There is a flaw in this Seattle scheme that's being exposed. Zone coverage against an accurate quarterback does not work. He'll literally time it out where he finds the hole. I want to see more man-to-man coverage. I want to see mono imano and shifting safeties back if you have to. You already have a pretty good run defense. 49ers need help on the back end. Why are you lining up eight men in the box? Get with it. It's 2018. Teams are throwing 50 times a game. Josh Rosen threw 40 times on you. Didn't even feel like that. 62, 63 plays, he threw 40 times. And he had success in the fourth quarter. Let's just go to that game before we close out here. KJ Podcast. 49ers will be on Thursday Night Football against the Raiders. So you'll get a recap after that game. Love you guys for tuning in. BlueWirePods.com. I'm trying to be not overly negative and give you a fair look at the team. I pretty much stand by what I tweeted. They are pathetic. This is so ugly to lose to the Cardinals twice. It's on the players. It's on Kyle and John Lynch. But it's better for this team to lose the rest of the way. This season is all about 2019 now. Setting yourself up in position to draft the right players. Those random wins in December last year don't matter now. Do you get this? I was a proponent of those last year too with Jimmy G and the momentum and I think they could have carried it over with him but without him players grew in December and then they didn't transfer that growth to next season I don't think it automatically works that way yes you want to play well and figure out who's good but 
I don't think tanking would be a horrible thing. Like if CJ Beathard got hurt, don't even call Jay Cutler. Like literally just play Nick Mullins. Literally, let's let's go through the worst of it. Go one and fifteen. Lose the Bosa, Bosa Bowl on Thursday to the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they're flat out tanking. They're getting rid of Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper. John Gruden is not prioritizing winning this year. They lose to the Colts this week. Going to be an embarrassing night for the Bay Area. I will say a bunch of you have tweeted me saying, I don't care if we go 2-14, and 14, beat the Raiders. This is the one game you want to win. So you can talk shit to the Raiders fans that you know. It's going to get ugly Thursday night. Whole nation's going to be making fun of these two teams. Still think the 49ers are in a better position going forward. John Gruden's much more of a clown. Before we preview a little bit of that game, these are the notes I took during the 18-15 loss to the Cardinals. Yeah, C.J. Beathard looks like a missed draft pick. Sacked three straight drives in the first quarter. Ball was tipped to the line on a key third down after the Tart interception. And then, yeah, I mean, there's Kyle again doing nothing with the turnover. He finally got something for his defense, couldn't turn it into a touchdown. Dante Pettis was invisible all game, and he muffed a punt that should have been fumbled. Kendrick Bourne, meanwhile, stepped up seven for 71. It's kind of a quiet 71, but hey, we'll take 71. Anyone who wants to catch the football and get open, it's a good thing. It can't take that long to get Marquise Goodwin involved in the offense. 55-yard touchdown. There should be a little bit of forcing to him. I'm not a proponent of that in a normal season, but when you're so inept on offense and are struggling to get first downs, I don't mind throwing it his direction a lot. And C.J. Beathard just doesn't have the capability of processing this quickly and getting the football out, and that's the problem. Like We don't know how much to blame Kyle here because C.J. Beathard just looks like a limited quarterback. You blame Kyle for picking him, but you can't blame Kyle for all the sacks, all the wrong things going in the field. The third down, I do. The third down to close the game where, again, C.J. Beathard wasn't ready for an all-out blitz. There's got to be some type of call where he's comfortable with the all-out blitz, or you've got to know it's coming at that point. O-line, they're getting a lot of props. I will say I don't think they're the best pass-protecting unit. Some of those sacks were not C.J. Beathard's fault. Most of them were. There was pressure in his face. I don't think they're elite. They were missing Weston Richburg. We got to remember that. Um, yeah, Kyle had did have a couple questionable calls. 11 play drive, third and goal. They ended up settling for a field goal to get 15 points. It was a design run for Beathard. It feels like he's more comfortable running the football and banging his shoulder than he than Beathard is throwing it. That's that's a problem. You got to get George Kittle involved down there. You shouldn't be scared. That was kind of the turning point there. The 49ers scored a touchdown. The game feels over. You're up 19 to 3 instead of 15 to 3. I don't think this loss is on Kyle, but again, a couple key plays that could have been touchdowns that could have closed the game. Super frustrating. Uh the D collapsing to Rosen is a top 5 most pathetic moment that'll happen this season. To let him kind of pick you apart. Again, it's not just the secondary. I will say Rosen had all day to throw at the end of the game. Looked very comfortable for a rookie quarterback. Rookie O coordinator Byron Leftwich, he teed off on you to end the game. It was Fitz, Gerald beating Sherman deep. Then Fitz beat Tyvis Powell for a TD. Gresham had his fumble. 49ers did nothing to it. 
Yeah, and then Fitz beat Kwan Williams, Christian Kirk, their rookie receiver, step up and beat Richard Sherman deep on the right sideline. Then the snap goes over C.J. Beathard's head, and it was just the play that signified the whole season. They had a chance late, getting into field goal range with Robbie Gold, maybe push this thing to overtime. Instead, they shart their pants. Eric Magnuson, backup center, snaps it over C.J. Beathard's head. He's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He throws some wobbly pass up, game over. Oh, man. I went and worked out after the game, and I normally never do that. And I still ate like crap before that, too. I mean, it was pathetic to collapse against the worst team in the league. 32nd ranked offense the Cardinals had going into the game. I mean, and just to close here, though, it is a good thing. Like, as frustrated as we are, it's the 24-hour rule. Try and vent and realize that being 1-7 in the NFL is better than being 2-6. and six. You are an NBA team like the OKC Thunder, like a baseball team, the Houston Astros. You're going to have a chance to get a bunch of top picks here. Let's see what the 49ers can do with it. They've already screwed up one in Solomon Thomas. We don't know. The, the 2017 class could be full of misses. Right now it looks half and half. Thank God you have George Kittle as a shining star, but aye, aye, aye. Third time's the charm you hope for these draft picks. I'm not ruling them bringing more firepower into the front office. It won't be Mike Shanahan. Kyle wants to do his own thing, but it could be someone in the Bill Parcells tree. It could be someone older. It could be someone in a front office that they've heard good things about. I think they do need another set of eyeballs. I think someone needs to be checking him up there. Kyle has said he can't watch everything. And Kyle has been wrong on some of his evaluations. That's the main thing to point out. There's a bunch of main things we pointed out. 49ers should not have been this bad without Jimmy Garoppolo. Other solid franchises, Packers, Ravens, Steelers, even the Cardinals in 2014, they won without their starting quarterback. Their backup came in. They were a functional team. They still had strengths and weaknesses. The 49ers mostly have weaknesses. They don't have a strength besides running the football and run blocking. Everything else can be improved and, and just so many major areas, cornerback, edge, receiver are weaknesses. Take away the fact that this roster is divided up into different shelves of players. There's the first wave of guys John Lynch and Kyle brought in that are misses. There's the bulky holdovers that they misjudged. There's 13 guys we're not sure of yet. They're mostly their draft picks, some free agents. It's just too early to tell. Some are trending down, some are trending up. It's, it's too early. They got three bulky holdovers. They have six core pieces. Kittle, Jimmy G, Richard Sherman, Brita, Marquise Goodwin, Mike McGlinchey. And they have, they have like eight or nine role players that they're happy with, which isn't terrible. But you either need more of those role players to become core pieces or you need the 13 not-sures to get down to become role players that you're really happy about. Like You could call Ruben Foster a role player. But I could see a scenario where he's not good next season and then you don't know if he's even re-signing here. They got to figure some things out with the scheme. They've got to bring in another defensive coach, another person in the front office. Another main point to take away, Kyle's teams are competitive. They don't know how to close games. 
and he doesn't want that reputation and they don't want that reputation. So they're going to try and win. But if they keep coming up short and short, it's, it's such a conundrum for them. They're going to be considered losers, but it's going to be good for this football team. And they're going to get rid of some guys. They're going to bring new guys in. Jimmy G is going to give this a totally different feel. I think they're going to be okay. Obviously, if they hit Jimmy G and we're losing, it would be not be okay right now. I would not be calling for them to go one and seven. Like they would need to dig out of this hole and try and get wins and try and figure this out. There is a chance next year the 49ers start two and five like the Colts did this year with Andrew Luck. Like they're still not up and running. They still have a lot of young pieces. Or they're still playing the Seattle scheme and it's not working. Jimmy G could fix everything next year. They could be five and two and firing all, all cylinders. And that's why we love the NFL. We don't know yet, but I would say optimism is more even keel than it is excited for next season. The roster, we went through it. Instead of just generalizing it, I thought that was good to divide it up into drawers. Yeah, and the game was just so frustrating. The Rams game, at least, like, I could check out. Like, it was like, okay, the Rams are dicking this team. This was competitive, but just bad football. C.J. Beathard is at the key of this. If you don't have a good quarterback in today's NFL, your season's over. Kyle misjudged C.J. Beathard, it looks like, at this point. Even if he comes back and wins a couple games and plays pretty well, I think they need to upgrade the position. I think they need to have someone ready to go, whether it's Tyrod Taylor, whether it's someone that they're, they're paying money for and they feel good about behind Jimmy G because it's that important. You don't want the season derailed like this. You're planning on Jimmy G being healthy, but you can't plan on that in the NFL. Thank you, Jermaine Gresham, for trying to give the 49ers the game. Fortunately, they weren't able to do it. The Bosa Bowl on Thursday, John Gruden versus Kyle Shanahan. I'll tweet out my prediction. I, it's too early. Apparently, the Niners are favored by like two points. I think the Raiders are a better team. I think the Raiders have more talent. Derek Carr is obviously a better quarterback. I haven't seen too much of the Raiders. I don't know about the in-game stuff. It seems like they've been botching a ton of fourth quarters, too. This could be an overtime game where no one wants to win. I hope it's a tie. How funny would that be? And both these teams end up going like 2-13-1. I'm wishing for better times. I want to talk about wins. My listens last year when Jimmy G was going off, I missed that. That's not too much down from that, but there was definitely an uptick. I want the bandwagon to be on fire again. I want the 49ers to win, but we will continue to call out why this team is bad, where they made mistakes. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Please share with a friend. We will get through this together. The 49ers, you can't not have them as part of your life they will bring you joy again kyle is the right head coach no grant cone he's not on the hot seat yes he's got some things to clean up and i think these these themes are going to continue this season he doesn't he made the wrong pick on cj bethard this team is competitive they are not resilient and that's a problem and i i don't think it's fully kyle's fault but it definitely is partial kj podcast we will talk to you again next week peace Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.